Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say Go Steelers! Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink. Oh yeah, you heard us right. We've got up off the armchair with our brothers in arm chairs, rebranded. Armchair All-Americans is now Sports Drink. So... Go ahead, grab yourself a little metaphorical, recyclable plastic bottle of sports drink and glug that thing down. It goes down smooth, especially when we're talking Steelers. I don't know about you, Dad, but I'm pumped about the rebrand, and it couldn't have come at a better time because it is doldrums in the NFL season until one hero, a Batman of a Pittsburgh Steelers football player, has returned to the Steelers on the same week that we are going to be analyzing uh, his position group in the draft. We're talking about Vince Williams. We got plenty to say, but I'm excited to be uh, talking about that sports drink. I'm sure our regular listeners know this, but this is Tom coming to you from the Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. Outpost, joined by Nick in the Houston Outpost. And I have to agree, that's a good way to characterize what happened this week. It's a double-edged sword. I can't be more excited about the return of Vince Williams. Other mm-hmm. people disagree with me, but it did sort of obviate the need for what we did this week, all the work we put into reviewing inside linebacker because it just made the the draft pick that much more unnecessary. Screw the inside linebackers. We don't need them anymore. Okay, a couple things on this real quick. So that is the big news of the week. Vince Williams, a couple weeks ago, put out a tweet after the Steelers released him And I think he knew what he was doing with this tweet, and I think he was being sincere. He said, just riding around in the lamb, in the Lambo, riding around Pitt one more time. And this thing almost made me shed a single man tear. And that's potent. Let me tell you, Vince Williams, we've talked about it at length. He's one of our favorite Steelers players of all time, or at least of the, uh, you know, modern era. And yeah, of all time, because he is one of those prototypical Steeler guys. Tough, hard nose, big personality, um, you know, sixth, seventh round draft pick, uh, forced into a starting role early and actually made a, a very nice career for himself in Pittsburgh. Not a Pro Bowl linebacker, but a very reliable member of the defense from the standpoint of his physicality, uh, his run defense, obviously the pass defense, um, not his strength, but not a disaster. And his leadership has been huge, his knowledge of the defense, the fact that he's had to play in playoff games and all the Steelers' playoff runs of the past couple years. And then recently, his blitzing prowess. He's always been good at blitzing, but last year he was one of the most successful blitzing linebackers in the entire NFL. So as a leader, I always kind of looked at it the past few years as Marquise Pouncey, Ramon Foster and Vince Williams as being the big vocal leaders of the team. So to lose all those guys in one year and to also have the depth of the inside linebacker position really in jeopardy when you only really had Spillane and Bush on the team as guys who could you know, you know rely, be relied upon, and Bush, again, to be determined, Vince was a big loss, not just emotionally, but we're talking about X's and O's wise. So he threw that Lambeau in reverse, and he's back in Pittsburgh on a one-year deal. They say that he wants to play for one more year before transitioning into coaching, which our buddy Derek DeKid on Twitter and I were talking about. He's going to make an unbelievable coach. 
I mean, the fact that he wasn't an elite athlete, that lends better to coaching because he's had to get his mentals up. He's had to understand the schematic side of the game more than maybe somebody like Ryan Shazier or who just took divine inspiration coming down from the heavens as he ran a 4-1 to tackle uh, running backs. And then combine that with Vince's huge personality, his, his ba- general badassery, he'll make a great fit for a coach, but not quite yet. First, he uh, solidifies the Steelers linebacking room. And now to me, you have three starting caliber linebackers, hopefully one star in Bush and then two uh, decent supporting role guys in Spillane and Vince Williams. And I do think, to me, it all but removes the need for an inside linebacker in the draft. I'm a little torn. I'm glad to see him back. The purpose purportedly of cutting him was to save $4 million against the cap. Ironically, he's still going to cost us $3 million dead cap space. So there's dead Vince and there's new Vince. And I don't know what the, the new number is going to be for him, but the double-edged sword for me or the, the other side of the coin for me is, you know, they cut him to get him to reduce his contract effectively. Now, yeah. all this money that's dead is money he did receive. He had an $18 million three-year contract going into 2021. Um, so he did get paid, but... You know, is he's going to get the veteran minimum coming into this. Anyway, that's the way football works. I couldn't be happier, and I agree with you. It, it really does obviate the need or at least the pressure to bring somebody in at inside linebacker. And yeah. you've got three starting caliber and two question marks. So we got five guys we could possibly draw from. Yeah, there's two directions I want to take this in. So one is just we need to acknowledge how unbelievable it is that we are finding who the true Steelers are this offseason with Vince and Alu Alu taking a car out of town, one by his own choice, one, you know, had his hand forced by the Steelers, and then turning back around to come to Pittsburgh, and same with Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, I know Juju's might have been a little bit due to the fact that, like, hey, it's a weird COVID year, receivers aren't getting paid, why don't I just go back to the place I'm used to, and instead of catching patches from Patrick Mahomes, and, and getting my value up and getting a bigger deal later. Yeah, sure, it is what it is, but it is so wild that these guys have bought back in and come back to Pittsburgh, so I want to talk about that. But then the other angle I want to talk about is the fact that I do not think the Steelers should go inside linebacker early in the draft, despite what I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter saying. They're like, hey, Vince Williams coming back does not relieve the Steelers' need or ability to take an inside linebacker early in the draft because obviously he's not a cover guy. Spillane's not a cover guy. They want to get another cover guy because they insist on using inside linebackers to cover wide receivers in Pittsburgh, right? I understand what you're saying, but you saying, hey, wouldn't it be great to have another linebacker who could cover is also like saying, hey, wouldn't it be great to have another all-pro safety? Or, hey, wouldn't it be awesome to have another great edge rusher, even though we already have two good starters? Yeah, it would be great, but there's no starting center right now. There's no depth at tight end. There's no starting running back. The tackles have no NFL experience, basically, between the two of them. The cor- there's no starting cornerback. There are glaring holes on here, and a coverage linebacker to me is an absolute luxury at this point. You invested so much in Devin Bush, who was supposed to be that coverage linebacker. Yes, I know he's actually still working on his coverage, and he's more of like a sideline to sideline type of guy, but he's the small, fast linebacker. First off, I think that if you take any of the small, fast coverage linebackers that we're going to talk about today in the draft, I actually don't even think that's a great move for your roster building because I think you play in a division with Cleveland and Baltimore, the two premier power run teams in the league right now, and they will crush you into oblivion if you're sending out two guys that are under 230 pounds there at middle linebacker. I think that that already that's just poor team building. But more it goes back to my point that like, yeah, you don't get an all pro at both middle linebacker positions. We have dire needs that we want the Steelers to address and and linebacker to me at this point becomes a luxury yes it would be cool to have jok from notre dame a wushu korim uh let's let's do it let's try it jeremiah a wushu karamoa yes koromoa koromoa damn it from uh, i'm just always calling nailed it calling him jok yeah it would be cool to have him of course that's what i'm saying but it would also be cool to draft jalen waddle but we already have deontay and claypool and and Juju and all these guys. So what do you think about the need to take outside linebacker now with the re-signing of Vince Williams? 
I wish I could disagree Inside with you. Sorry. I've had stars in my eyes as I look at this game tape of these guys and uh, yeah. read the reviews on them. And I think it would be unbelievable to have Devin Bush just sort of have this middle of the field covered with two stars. Yeah. But we'd pay for it in other ways with a substandard offensive line, for instance. A hundred percent. Like I always look back at the Jaguars who to me were the best defense of this, of the past 10 years, that Jaguars defense. Yes. I have PTSD as a Steelers fan. Cause they had particularly good performance against the Steelers, but they should have won that super. I mean, they should have at least been in the super bowl if the, and it is really crazy. The amount of calls Tom Brady's got in championship games, miles Garrett or miles Jack recovering that fumble and taking it back for a touchdown and then not, not calling it. So the Jaguars really won that game too. All I'm saying is, the speed on that Jaguars team was so terrifying. They didn't have a traditional edge rushing pass rusher, but what they did have was two lockdown corners and, and a really good interior pass rush with Calais Campbell. But to me, the the focal point of the defense outside of the corners was the Miles Jack, Telvin Smith, middle linebacker combo. Oh my God, you have two guys that run 4-4, possibly faster than that. And it was just so difficult to get past those guys or um, – you know, they could, it just gives you so much versatility. So I do agree. It is a cool thing to do. And I am a fan of adding a strength to a strength. But the point is with the Steelers right now, there are positions that literally don't have starters. So you're right. Would it be great? Yes, but you will pay for it in a major way. And I think that you can definitively get a center, running back, tackle, or cornerback uh, at that position uh, at 24. What did you think was going to happen with Vince as he floated out? Did you think he was going to get picked up, or were you, you betting on him going to another team or coming back? The weird thing is we had this conversation the day before it happened. You remember? I was checking out in the grocery store line. You and I were talking on the phone. Hey, we should save this for the pod. Oh, we can't resist that. I, I got to talk about it. And I was saying, yeah, the weird thing with Vince is that he's definitely going to get a job. He's clearly an NFL starting caliber linebacker. And then when you add his experience and then his personality and leadership on top of it, it seems like it would be actually pretty easy for him to get a job. But I told you I, I could see him coming back to the Steelers for less. We can't forget that this is a business and you can't accuse guys like Nelson or Hilton who left the Steelers of being disloyal because the Steelers will be disloyal to you. Like what they just did to Vince Williams. They're cutting him and bringing him back for less money and taking advantage of his loyalty. They made Troy Polamalu retire. You know, like the, the second you don't live up to your contract, you have people asking, well, can Ben reduce his salary? And if I were Ben, I'd say, well, wait a minute. Can you – well, sure, I'll do that because I'm not paying up, playing up to my contract right now. But then why don't you give me the money that you didn't give me for winning those Super Bowls when you took advantage of my rookie contract that I didn't get to negotiate? You agreed to the contract. That's not how rookie contracts work. You get paid this much money. I vastly outperformed that, and I didn't get paid for those years, so you give and you take a little bit. So I just want to say, look – it's a business. It's not all cut and dry like that. But with all that being said, I could see Vince being a guy who's getting towards the end of his career who really gels with Mike Tomlin and that defensive staff and the Pittsburgh culture. He has a role there. He's not so talented where he could go to another team and be really good, but he knows he has a role to play in Pittsburgh. And then when you add in this fact that he wants to move into coaching, which we didn't know, you and I, while we were having this conversation, but it, it, it ties us together even more nicely. He did seem like a kind of guy who would be like, oh, what am I going to make, one or $2 million somewhere else? Let me just stay and finish this up with Pitt, especially when I had to play through all those crappy defense years and we finally have something special here. So you and I joked about it, but I was legitimately shocked when the news came across uh, my, my phone, actually, because David, a uh, friend of the podcast, texted me about it. Look, I'm convinced that nobody knows this, but the Roonies leave bags of money under a guy's chair in the locker room. And they walk away. Hey, I bet that they're taking care of all these guys in a special way. And I'd make that bet at Bet Online. It's that time of the year again, baby. NBA, NFL draft. We got golf going on. Happy Gilmore's caddy. Almost won the Masters, right? The Masters? Augusta? Something like that this past weekend. I know a lot about golf, guys. 
Listen, Bet Online has got you covered for all the odds. They know a lot more about golf than I do. Real-time updates, and they've got the place for all your sports betting needs. So head to the website, Bet Online, or use your mobile device and bring home the game with Bet Online. Listen, some of the best conversations I've ever had in my entire life are with shirtless men in the locker room. And I'm talking about locker room talk. It's being brought to you into the palm of your hand thanks to the new live audio-only sports talk platform called Locker Room. It's free to download. It's free to use. You can talk to us. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time and really engage with your sports opinions and engage with the people whose opinions you enjoy the most without having to deal with all the extraneous advertisements for, I don't know, you know, like lawn care. I don't, I'm here to talk about sports. I'm not here to talk about Kentucky bluegrass. Well, Locker Room's going to let you do that. Anyways, all you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the league. Locker Room. Okay, a couple of other pieces of not-so-insignificant news. Josh Dobbs re-signed to the Steelers, so we've got the trifecta of quarterbacks. I wonder if we can stop the talk about drafting one. I think, kinda, weeks. I think you kind of can. Sincerely, I do think that the type of quarterback the Steelers will be drafting unless, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Actually, I think that even if Trey Lance or I don't believe that Justin Fields is falling, but um, if Trey Lance fell, the Steelers should definitely be the kind of team that's interested in trading up for him. I don't think they're going to do it. I really think they're in a win-now mode. And... Uh, I think the odds were already a little bit lower of them taking a third-round quarterback, but who knows? They took Dobbs and Mason back-to-back to years, but I think those quarterbacks, the Kyle Trasks, no thank you, are in the same caliber as Dwayne Haskins, Josh Dobbs, and Mason Rudolph. Somebody made a good point the other day. I wish I could credit them correctly, but they were saying, like, look, everybody made fun of Washington for drafting Haskins where they did in the first round. But he was a consensus first-round pick. Like, if they didn't draft him, somebody else would. And so even if you want to say, okay, maybe he's not a first-rounder, he's still in the league of guys that you would be uh, looking at in the draft. And uh, Dobbs, uh, he's really grown on me over the years. I was very frustrated when they when they spent the pick on him. I still disagree with it to this day. Obviously, it showed that it didn't bear much fruit. They friggin' traded him away and then got him back. But... Um, I didn't like it because the thought of him as a starting quarterback just seems ridiculous. But the thought of him as a backup quarterback is, is very intriguing. If he can keep getting better with his passing, his big body and his running ability make for an intriguing backup quarterback. And it goes to show you Haskins' spot on the roster is definitively not safe because I think Rudolph is kind of safe. I think the Steelers like him more than anybody else likes him. And I think that he played very well in that Browns game. At the end of the year, I think that that it's, it's really wild for these backup quarterbacks. But those Week 18 contests they get can make a career for them. And I think that that game bought him a few years with the Steelers. So I think he's definitely the guy behind Ben right now. But it is cool to see there will be some competition with Dobbs and Haskins. And hell, maybe they can push Mason because those guys have some more physical talent than Mason. So I just like the idea of competition there. And I also like the idea of the rocket scientist who's Ben's main confidant. He doesn't like Mason. (laughs) He always goes up to Josh Dobbs. They've talked at length about how valuable he is in the quarterback room and on the sideline during the games. I like that they brought that guy back in. He seems like he's a stealer now, too, now that he's played for for the team for uh, a little while. So, yeah, nice move, and you're right. Actually, maybe this was a bigger week in news than we realized because I think inside linebacker has gone way down on the priority list for the draft, and the outside chance of quarterback I also think has all but vanished. And the Steelers have decided to exercise their right to not participate in voluntary in-person activities, i.e. OTAs. The protocols that were in place last season are not entirely present for the NFL's off-season program. So, My initial reaction is like, I, my instinct is to say something snarky and negative, but I'm tr- I'm trying to cut that out because I despise Twitter. 
Sorry to you guys out there if I've been tweeting a little bit rec uh, less recently. It just seems like at this point, uh, when you're in those last few weeks leading up to the draft, it's just nothing but a ton of negativity. Like people putting out there the idea that you would take a running back in the first round is idiotic. And like with such certainty is, 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 is so arrogant and just flat out wrong. Like you're just applying one rule to every single situation. It, it's it, – I, I just can't feed into that or read that, right? So my initial reaction is to make some comments about, oh, everybody's about to get up in arms. The Steelers don't want to work. They don't want to work hard because nobody follows other teams, so on and so forth. But I'm just going to walk that back. I think that this is just a reality in the NFL. The veteran players have been uh, – for a lot of the teams have been pushing not to have uh, voluntary offseason workouts. I'm not reading into this very much. Um, our one of our favorite guys, Chris Sims, has made the point he's vehemently against it because he thinks that there's really no way to simulate football shape. And the more you get off-season workout plans, the less likely you are to get injured. Obviously, a lot of people have talked about the importance of these voluntary off-season plans because it allows the Adam Thielens and the Mike Hiltons and Vince Williams and Alejandro Villanueva, Ramon Foster. I keep going on and on the non-draft priority guys, it gives them a chance to actually show what they have because they're not getting any reps come late training camp and regular season. So this, to me, um, it's just something to monitor about uh, the culture of the NFL and the, and the full calendar, but I don't think it's any reflection on the Steelers in particular. No, they're, they're joining a, at least a half a dozen teams so far in not doing the OTAs. Did, were the Steelers really – with the, the was the team hurt by not having them last year? And I have to say they were pretty successful in avoiding COVID cases. And they went 11-0. So you can't say that they started slow. I mean, yeah, they had a weak schedule, but in the past they would have lost some of those games anyways. And as far as injuries go, I don't think um, Zach Banners is avoided. Devin Bush is avoided by, you know, having Yeah, I mean, more, I guess the only argument is you could say, hey, look at started. the list I just named, aside from Thielen, who maybe I was just wishful thinking, putting him on the Steelers. Look at all the stars the Steelers have had as undrafted guys. So you're almost hurting yourself a little bit. Like, Mike Hilton, that's one of those dudes. Granted, he's not a Steeler anymore either, is he? Damn it. Villanueva's is not signed. They'll be, they'll all be back. But, uh, yeah, I He'll think be back. that's just something to monitor. Obviously, the, the NFL calendar is going to go through a lot of changes over the next few years. Obviously, there's a 17th game, surely an 18th on the way. Uh, preseason games are going to go down. Off-season calendars are going to change. Just something to monitor going forward. But, look, you guys, a lot of the teams in the NFL are, are going through this. Uh, do I think it says that Cam Hayward doesn't want to work hard? Who's the guy who led this all? Well, just take two seconds to think about that statement and, and maybe – that gives it a little perspective. All right. We are under two weeks to go before the draft. And we have uh, a couple more evaluations to do, starting with inside linebacker. You already know about that. And our thoughts about the maybe not the chances of the Steelers. They can always surprise you, but it doesn't right. look like it, it's likely. But I'll bet you some, I'll bet you one of the guys we talk about falls to the second round and. Maybe the Steelers do entertain that. Yeah, third even. And and honestly, I feel this year with the draft, I wouldn't be pissed off with any pick the Steelers would make as long as it's not the Artie Burns, Terrell Edmonds, you're drafting a third-round player in the first round kind of thing. Or, yeah, a, a quarterback, Kyle Trask type of guy in the mid-rounds. Those would piss me off as, like, wasted picks. But even if they did pick one of these guys – we just refer back to the beginning of our conversation, Dad, where you can get starry-eyed. Oh, my gosh. Imagine if Devin Bush had a high athletic linebacker next to him, and then your depth would be insane with Vince and, and his plane. So, yeah, it wouldn't be terrible. Do you want to start uh, and just go through these guys one by one, or do you have any other overarching thoughts about inside linebackers in this draft class? No, I just want to say his name. Say See it. if I can pull it off. Working it. on it all week. Jeremiah. Awushu Kuromoa, Notre Dame, red shirt, junior, 6'2", 216. So it's the honey badger as a linebacker, right? We keep seeing these guys over the past few years. Everyone gets compared back to Tyron Matthew, the honey badger. The positionless player, right? Too small to be an inside linebacker. 
too ferocious and large to be a, a safety. But some of these guys just transcend it. And JOK, Jeremiah Obushu Koromoa, is one of those guys. Um, this man is an explosion personified. Um, okay, you grab my word. Uh, there's no other better way to say that. What I, what I recommend is everybody go to the Clemson game yeah. with 558 left to go in the first half. He blitzes. He grabs a bobbled pitch out of the air, out of the air, and takes it thirty yards for a touchdown. I mean, maybe it's and he took it off of ATN by ATN, the way. ATN, the future Steelers. Like here, give back. me that. Yeah, this is not some scrub. No, you're right. Of course, we're not going to look. You're not going to take one play to to judge an entire player. But like, hey, you kind of can. You want to take the the six pump fake. Uh, whirling dervish touchdown from Ben to Heath Miller against the Cowboys. Like, if you show that, it's like, yeah, it's a pretty good way to describe Ben. What about uh, Troy Palomalu jumping over the line? Yeah, it's a pretty good way to describe Troy. Well, JOK ripping this pitch out of the hands of, of Travis Etienne is it's pretty impressive. So he's unbelievable. It is one of those things I kind of am getting the impression that he might not slide to 24 because despite being 6'2", 216, his instincts are so strong and his aggression is so unbridled that he launches himself two feet in the air at ball carriers. His lack of size doesn't really matter. So he can blow up people for losses. He has a little bit of that Ryan Shazier. I'm just going to shoot this gap, and I'm going to try and tackle the dude for a five-yard loss kind of mentality, and he can do it. Now, it's not Shazier as the prototypical middle linebacker where you saw Shazier doing that every three plays at Ohio State, but he does that a lot. And then on top of that, he legitimately can cover slot receivers. Now, I'm not saying he could just go one-on-one with the Julian Edelman type for an entire game and you just, you just match him up that way. But, like, he can get a lot of those reps and make it happen. And what I mean by the honey badger thing is sometimes it's, okay, well, you're not good at this position. You're not good at that position. Jack of all trades, master of none. No, it's just JOK is an outlier. His, his, his size makes him a little bit too small to just be – you know, picking up the trash in the middle as an inside linebacker. Can't be taking on a lot of pulling guards, but he will. When he gets a little running start, he will launch himself at the pulling guard, and he'll traumatize the man. He can pick off a pass and run it back for a touchdown. He could cover tight ends. He, I mean, imagine this guy against the Ravens. It would, like, Bush and him against the Ravens would be unbelievable defending all those options, those stretch plays. He could cover Mark Andrews. But then the downside would be, the Ravens would be like, wait, why don't we just run it up the middle? And we'd have these two little inside linebackers getting absolutely pulverized by, uh, you know, the Ravens' giant hulking offensive line. And so actually, ironically, despite how exciting he is as a, as a player, I don't know if he'd be the best uh, Batman or Robin to, uh, to Devin Bush because you got yeah, if we had, guys. If we didn't have Bush, he would be perfect. You know what I imagine before the game? I imagine him hopping up onto the trainer's table them taking WD-40 and injecting it into the ball and socket of his hip. Because if you look at him, he's looked like, if you ever had one of those G.I. Joes, you could twist his legs anyway. The guy definitely moves well in space. He, he could flips the, flips the hips and can, like you said, would he be, could be a dimebacker? I mean, oh, is yeah. he that fast? Oh, he can do anything. He would be that So guy. his versatility be might be. Yeah. They would love him. They've been looking for that guy for so long. That's what might let them get starry-eyed and pick this player if he falls out low. And I feel the same way about him that I feel a little bit about Najee and Etienne, where it's like, I don't think you need this position. But it would be hard to be mad if they got him because they're such talented guys. But I'll tell you this. I think JOK is, is far more talented at his position than Najee and Etienne are at theirs because hmm. it, JOK actually has that level of explosion that those two guys don't have. I know Etienne has a long speed and Najee has a, a great balance, but this guy's got that first round kind of, wow, he just pops off the tape kind of thing to him. Would he be the next silver bullet? Would he take Mike Hilton's place? Obviously, they're, I mean, he's 30 pounds heavier than Mike Hilton and he's not a corner. Like I said, he's not a 
slot cornerback. You're not going to just run him downfield all game long. But yeah, I do think he would do a lot of the similar things with blitzing off of the edges, blitzing from odd angles, kind of playing all over the field. And yeah, the Steelers were able to get a lot out of uh, the silver bullet, Mike Hilton, that way. And like I said, they've been looking for the damn dimebacker for such a long time that it's going to be hard for them to resist a, a player like him. And I almost don't think he's going to last this long, to be honest with you. His, his hype is kind of is kind of moving up, and you can just see it. Like you said, the, the flexibility in the hips, the turn in the change of direction. He's just the guy that pops off the tape. So if he fell to the Steelers at 24, you couldn't be mad at having that guy on your team because he he's so encouraging uh, as a player. So interesting dude, and uh, the reason why we went over him first is because we're not going to go over the consensus number one middle linebacker, Micah Parsons. Uh, he's probably an all-pro. That's Micah Parsons. He's not lasting into the Steelers. <laughs> then let's move on to Baron Browning, Ohio State, a 6'3 senior, 240 pounds, he, where um, JOK is going to have a little trouble getting through the line unless there's a hole. This guy can make a hole. Why am I blanking so quickly? Oh, yeah, Bob Spokane. Robert Spillane. Let's look up Spillane's measurables really quick. If you wouldn't mind, can you find out what uh, Spillane's height and weight are? Because I think they're relatively comparable. I mean, not 6'3", 241. Baron, Baron Browning's a big boy. Did you get him? 6'1", six, six, 229. Yeah, so Browning's bigger than – but basically what I was going to say is Actually, Browning might be a better fit at inside linebacker because he's a little bit more of the hulking tackler, and I think that that would match better with with Devin Bush. Um, obviously, like I'm saying, you you yeah, I mean Jeremiah Awushu Kormo, you'd have to figure something out with two in, small inside linebackers there, but his talent is far. Uh, far exceeds Baron Browning, but Browning might be a guy who's available in later rounds and would actually serve that thumper role. To me, it's a little bit irrelevant because you have Spillane and you have, oh, we know Spillane likes to hit, and you have Vinny for at least one more year here. And, uh, but that being said, Baron Browning, he plays big boy football. He's, he's a, a more traditional linebacker, but what you're going to see with all of these guys is they're pretty fast. But this is more the big body type of traditional thumper, and he comes from a school that the Steelers absolutely adore. Now, he's a senior, right, Dad? He is a senior. Ah, Steelers don't like that. But uh, if they found him in a later round, that might be a great value and positional uh, fit that way. But he didn't really play in the middle a lot. He played a lot of, you know, off to the sides. So, once again, maybe not the perfect chess piece for the Steelers, but an attractive linebacker who played in a physical league and a lot of physical games and will light people up. Can I say, though, of all the guys we're going to look at, everybody's effectively a senior. Everybody's either a redshirt junior or a true senior. Tells you a little something else. But a couple of the guys we're going to talk about have some weird career paths that still make them eligible for big-time growth, whereas this guy's like, yeah, you're playing on one of the power schools and, and you're, you didn't make it out already. So, Let's dip back into Kentucky. Jameen Davis, another red shirt, red shirt junior, 6'4", 224. He's only a, a one-year starter, though, with 11 starts under his belt. Yeah, this one's curious to me. One-year starter, he's been on the team for... Three years. I mean, it's three years, games, yeah. 11 starts. This does not seem like a Steelers linebacker to me. Uh, the last guy they took from Kentucky, shorter career, Bud Dupree, right? But an absolute freak show. And I don't think, and, and I think that that's what's attracting people to Jermaine Davis. I don't know what his testing numbers were, but at 6'4 and 224 to move the, the way he does, that's pretty cool. There's another guy we're going to talk about right after this who's just a much better version of, of what he does, but he is a guy who's been kind of skyrocketing up draft boards, and I think it is that athletic profile that attracts people, but um, it's not a... It's not that I don't think he can be a good NFL player. I just don't think that really matches what the Steelers want or, or need right now at the position. Yeah, he can be disruptive in the middle of the field. He had three interceptions this past year. He plays a ton of special teams. So you get, some, you know, if you, if he fell to you, do you pick him up because he's got a dual purpose? 
possibly. He just doesn't seem like a likely, uh, as you said, not really prototypically stealer material. So we're going to move on to my guy, a guy you have poo-pooed, by the way. I didn't poo-poo poo 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 Zaven Collins out of Tulsa, a redshirt junior, 6'5", 260-pound Bronco Nagurski trophy winner this past year. I actually agree with you. I think that this guy's the best fit. If they had to, if they didn't get a JOK, like a superstar athlete, and you're talking about a guy, and Zaven Collins, who started getting first-round buzz. There were a couple people who mocked him to the Steelers, you know, a little while ago in the end of the first round. And I don't know if I can agree with that, but when you're talking about someone to go with Devin Bush, a 6'5", 260-pound monster is not a bad way to go. And he does have the athleticism to move around sideline to sideline, so he's not a plotter either. And I think that, you know, when you're talking about a, a football team, they, they say, like, build it like a basketball team with your position groups. You want some guys who can do a little bit of everything. And... Uh, this guy's a stud. He's just, I guess the one thing people wonder about is, oh, well, you didn't get to see him play against elite talent. I think when you look at players of his measurements, so who's the guy from the Vikings? Barr, uh, who was a similar measurement, but he played defensive end in college, and they projected him. like pretty sure he can play middle linebacker. And then he did in the NFL, and he's been a solid, good player. Uh, who else? Like Hightower is another giant linebacker. Uh, for the Patriots or the Steelers, courted for a while, so you know that they're interested in this type of player. But uh, I don't know what the ceiling is because it's hard to turn when you're that size. But uh, either way, the guy's a beast. He knows football, and he's been a superstar pretty much ever since he, he got on board over there at Tulsa. More or less since he came out of the womb, he was a four-year starter, both quarterback and linebacker safety in high school. I think he's discounted. I mean, obviously he's being discounted having gone to Tulsa. He was the man among boys in that team. Yeah. But I would also point out that we got a guy from Charlotte last year who say, will yeah. be starting. Yeah. Doesn't scare me. And then uh, Hargrave from South Carolina State, a defensive tackle a few years before that. So I almost think you luck out with those things. And by the way, what you just said about him starring in multiple sports and playing freaking quarterback a little bit in high school, that says a lot to me about his athleticism at 6'5". I've said this on the podcast before. I judge athleticism not by speed and jumping. Like I judge it more by – I mean those things are huge. But I judge it by can you shoot a basketball? Can you throw a football? You see guys like – um you know, a, a great linebacker. Like, you could probably see Devin Bush in wide receiver drills, and he would look cool doing it. He probably played running back in high school. Those type of things say a lot. And when you're talking about Zayvon Collins at 6'5", 260, just by looking at those measurables on paper, you're thinking, oh, he's probably not that athletic. Well, it turns out he is. And maybe you, you get a bump by having him come from Tulsa and, and go under the radar that way because, like you said, Steelers are not scared of that. If the guy's a superstar, the guy's a superstar. So, once again, not I'm not down for inside linebacker early in the first few rounds of this draft. But if this guy slipped into the second, it might be a better value. Maybe you get a Landers, Landon Dickerson, your starting center at 24. And then maybe the value's best for this type of guy. And I'm thinking, wow, you got a really good athlete who also pairs well with who you already have on your defense. Make that money. Bet online, baby. Let's bet on the draft, okay? It's that time of year again. Draft time. So excited. Pro basketball. Pro golf. Kind of like golf. Other sports. Well, guess what? If it's a sport, Bet Online's got you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, Bet Online's got those because those are sports. And that's what I just told you. Every game, every matchup, Bet Online has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates, and it's the place to be for all your sports betting needs. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. Listen, the future looks bright for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Despite Ben reaching the end, the twilight of his career, can we get him to ride off into the sunset? All I know is they got a lot of young talent. Sometimes it's hard to stare into that sun with all that glory and the hardware on the horizon. Luckily for us, Canaan sunglasses make it a lot more bearable. Your outdoor experiences could be better. Let's just be honest. Clearly better. Canaan sunglasses are made exclusively 
with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, Canon's lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses and are nearly impossible to scratch. And that, my friend, is invaluable. Literally invaluable. Because, listen, we're all morons when it comes to sunglasses and a couple beers in the summertime, right? They're going down. Whether they're going into the water or they're going into a little puddle on the pavement, they're going to get damaged. Nope, not if you go with Canon. You're going to look good, you're going to see right, and you're going to keep those shades. Use that code KANONCAST15 to receive 15% off on your first pair of Canons. That is K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5 for 15% off your first pair of Canons. Nick, do you remember any Steelers coming from Missouri? Wow. No. Okay, so maybe do we you? don't need to cover Nick Nick Bolton. Yeah, I don't think they like going with the Missourians. If but anybody a, can he's... think of one, tweet me. Because I know I, it didn't sound like I spent much time thinking about that, and I didn't because I'm pretty sure there are no guys from Missouri in the past uh, number of years here. So he is the most underclass guy. He's a junior. He's six foot, two thirty-two. I think. He's what did you of, learn? He's kind of like the the mid-grade sort of dude. I mean, this is a really good linebacker. He's fast, but he's not nearly as fast as JOK. He's a little bit bigger than JOK and a little bit more traditional in the fact that he likes to clean up the trash in the inside, but not so much as the big hitters that we've talked about. And he's kind of like the. Uh, once again, I always think of Super Mario. Whenever you play Mario Kart, Mario Tennis, any of these games, certain players have better ratings, like Donkey Kong and Bowser. They're going to have a lot of the power ratings, but they don't have the speed. Toad and Yoshi, they'll have the speed, but maybe not the power. Mario, he's always even. Everything is, is medium, so he, he, he's good at everything. It's kind of what I think of for Bolton here. Uh, he sort of seems like a no-man's-land sort of pick for me, once again, and when you're coming to talk about the Steelers, but... He would be sort of a safe uh, pick. We're like, hey, we do have some flexibility uh, to get this guy out in space, but he's not so small that he's going to get run over. But man, yeah, six, six, six foot zero, 232, not exactly a hulking presence either. But very talented, very instinctual, and uh, a draft favorite by the draft community. So we'll just let's move on to the last two guys we have here. We have Jabril Cox from LSU. He's 6'3, 233. Yep. That's one that I think is uh, actually interesting for the Steelers because I believe he's a senior, but he was a superstar at the Division I AA powerhouse, North Dakota State, Trey Lance's school, um, the alma mater of Carson Wentz, football powerhouse. And all he did over there was be the best player in the league. I mean, I think he was freshman of the year, his freshman year. I believe he got, like, the league's defensive player of the year, his second year. And it's kind of cool that he decided uh, by the time he got to his final year in college, like, hey, instead of going to the NFL where he could have declared for the draft, I'm going to go play for the big boys. I'm going to play in the SEC and, and try my talents over there. And he wins the starting job at LSU. You know, and they're getting all the best recruits so I think that that's uh, a pretty impressive that he was able to acclimate himself that well. And he's one of those guys, he's good at everything. He's 6'3", 233, and he's got speed. He probably needs to improve his processing and everything along those lines. But he did prove that the athleticism translates not just from the little leagues, but to the big leagues of the SEC. And... Why I say the Steelers might actually like this guy is because there seems like there's untapped potential because this guy was playing one double A. If I'm, I don't know if that's the right nomenclature for North Dakota State. I'm pretty sure it is, but uh, there's still a lot of meat on the bone because he's barely just started to play against the elite competition and therefore get that elite coaching against that elite competition, and he's got some real versatility. So he's an interesting one, Jabril Cox. Man, if you can just. Maybe I'm overanalyzing that or armchair psychiatry, but I've always liked to see a guy, you know, see the growth and just the challenging himself by jumping up a notch. Well, not just a notch. He went to LSU. Yeah. yeah started, started, became a captain. Yeah. Wow. That's a really great point. And there's some other guys here who are not captains, which is a little weird, including the next guy we're going to talk about. But uh, 
that says a lot to come in there in one year. You're one of the older guys. You're not in the ballyhooed recruiting classes. But uh, I guess you guys are seeing a theme here. It's the same thing we talked about with tight ends. Like these, the inside linebackers, there is a type now where it used to be the thumper. It's now versatility. But Jabril Cox is definitely an intriguing prospect. I think I had one, what else did I want to say on him? I had one more thing I wanted to say on him, but I lost my train of thought there. Either way, he's, um, yeah, versatile guy. A lot of meat left on the bone. Plays at LSU. Steelers are going to love that. Ballyhooed. Yeah, not bad, huh? Our final candidate for inside linebacker, Dylan Moses from Alabama. He's a senior, 6'3", 235. Started getting recruited in eighth grade. I believe he committed to LSU from Baton Rouge. So I don't know what's up with this guy. Why is his draft stock falling? Admittedly, I watched the least of him. He was uh, very hyped up was committed to LSU since he was about eight years old, and then eventually uh, switched over to the hated rivals at Alabama. And I know he suffered one major knee injury, I believe, in 2019 in the beginning of the season, so that was a big deal. There are concerns about his processing, which is weird to me coming from Alabama because it just seems like you can take an Alabama inside linebacker and plug him into the NFL, and he's at least going to be decent. Who was the guy – we were talking about a few years ago. Let's see. Tennessee Titans inside linebacker. Um, the year before they got Devin Bush. We were looking at Rashawn Evans, the inside linebacker from Alabama a few years ago. And we basically dest- described him like, hey, he's the inside linebacker for Alabama. So just just pick him. Like He might not be an all-pro, but he's going to be a reliable player. And that's sort of the way I feel about this guy right here in Dylan Moses, but he's just, he's got a lot of talent. I just worry a little bit about the, com- the scouting community's concerns over his processing. Cause I feel like that's one of the big things you take from Alabama, their processing and their willingness to hit. He definitely has the willingness to hit. He falls in the same category as the rest of these guys in terms of he's versatile. He can do a little bit of everything. Six, three, two thirty-five, So kind of an ideal size there for an inside linebacker. And, uh, I don't know when he's going to go because he was so hyped up for a while, and now you don't hear any talk about him really comparatively to, to compared to the rest of these guys. But either way, like I said, if the Steelers hadn't picked up Vince Williams, I would have really circled this guy. You know, he played all they, – they make a big point about him playing all three linebacker spots. I mean, that would tell you that he has an IQ. Definitely. What are they talking about? What did you see – written about his processing just in terms of looking at the keys from like pulling guards he might take bait really easily like, oh that guy's pulling i'm going right there oh crap it was a counter you know just having a better feel for diagnosing what the line and the quarterback are doing and realizing okay this is where the play is going but you're right maybe the fact that saban had him playing multiple position multiple positions like he had minka fitzpatrick do just shows his confidence in his ability to execute and what if he starts focusing on one position, he could really grow in that area instead of being moved around all the time. Okay, well, look, the next big thing to come up, we've got the draft in under two weeks, and you and I were debating about what other position maybe to break down next week. Didn't come up with one that uh, we think is likely the still is going to go for in the first three rounds, but we did have an idea. Yeah, we have a couple ideas. Maybe just like outliers, like total randos. I don't know if we can do the who's going to be the Cam candidate, you know, the long snapper. Oh, my God, they took a punter kind of candidate. But we could look at some punters, see some random guys. It's just going to be hard to whittle that list down. Uh, but they, we do have some ideas. We actually do have a couple guys for that list. Or to me, there's one like, hey, Juju resigned. So you would think receiver or slot receiver in particular is off the table. But he signed a one-year deal. And to me, if I'm the Steelers, I'm hoping Deontay and Claypool play the way we think they can this year. And by the way, we said that last year. We said Deontay and Washington, we only got a small sample size of them playing with Rudolph and Duck, but we're pretty damn confident they're going to play well. I I feel the same way about Claypool and Deontay this year, as long as, uh, you know, Canada, Ben, and Tomlin don't hamstring those guys. I think that they're going to play really well. And this is the long way of saying... Juju could really just be here for one more year, and them taking a slot wouldn't be that weird. And maybe we talk about Amari Rogers, my guy from Clemson. 
So maybe something like that. Or maybe we do like a fun one and talk about Kadarius Tony or Rondell Moore, some of the really fun prospects in the NFL draft that might not be going to the Steelers, but uh, would just be would be good to talk about aside from, you know, the oversaturated Zach Wilson, uh, Trey Lance talk, quarterback type of stuff. Or maybe we talk about Kellen Mond. Is that the wild card for the Steelers? We don't think they're going to do that. I guess the theme would be maybe like a wild card. Yeah, so tell us what you think on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.